hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope everyone's having an absolutely awesome, fantastic day today, and hope you guys are continuing to stay strong and get the truth out there. We had a good listener and customer of Health Masters. She sent in a um, uh, comment, basically, to Sharon on ST Brower. And uh, he was basically saying that apparently from what we're hearing now, the Good Samaritan is what they're calling him over in Indiana. He was on a Glock 34, which is a full-size Glock. Love that pistol. Long 9mm. Really, really good for competition and accuracy. And uh, you know, 40-yard shot is what they're claiming this kid took on the active shooter. Shot 10 times, hit him 8 times. And uh, pretty... Pretty impressive shooting. Again, it's just his kid definitely knew what he was doing, trained extensively because that's not that's not a shot you just take on a whim with no experience. Forty yards with a nine millimeter is uh, not easy, and so especially for somebody that's not trained. So again, really proud of this kid. The fact he's running around the mall with a concealed carry Glock 34 on him must have had a very comfortable holster and probably a baggy shirt because that barrel, that, that's a long barrel. It'll bite you when you sit down. So he must have uh, found a way to comfortably carry that. But again, really proud of this kid. As always, when people defend themselves and others and protect others, when they step up to the plate. At the same time, we now have the House, as you guys saw last night. They came in and they passed the pretty much the most aggressive gun bill we've ever seen in the United States. It's now going to the Senate, where I do not think, I'm hoping, <laughs> the Senate does not, it's not this compromise, they're actually going to pass this bill. Uh, it's an alleged assault weapons ban, which is ironic because I've told you guys before, assault weapon is classified in the dictionary as essentially a firearm that a military firearm is an assault weapon that is chambered for ammunition of reduced size and has capacity to switch between semi-automatic and fully automatic fire. That is a definition of an assault weapon. And um, this whole bill is nothing but pure theater disguised to strip Americans of their rights that I really, really hope America does not compromise on and does not give in. This essentially will go, if it actually passed, it would make it a crime to import, sell, manufacture, transfer, or possess a semi-automatic weapon or large-capacity ammunition feeding device. Uh, um, there's going to be grandfather clauses, but regardless, I don't. I, I expect nobody in the Senate to actually support this absolutely insane piece of legislation. And what's interesting about this, too, is in the bill they call a semi-automatic assault weapon a SAW. Now, if you guys know, the SAW was deemed the M249 in the military as a squad automatic weapon. And so what they're doing is they're using a bait-and-switch tactic by referring in the bill to everything as referred to as a SAW, as a semi-automatic assault weapon, in order to make it sound like the bill is doing something more effective. Well, we're banning SAWs. Well, most people, when they hear that, if they know anything about firearms, oh, ban a SAW, you're banning 249, well – Belt-fed automatic machine guns produced after 1986 are already banned, period. You can't buy them or sell them, period, to civilians. We already had that nice piece of legislation with the Hughes Amendment to Ronald Reagan. So they're doing this again to confuse and manipulate the populace into thinking this is something that it's not. In reality, it's a complete and total travesty of our rights and our freedoms. And what's interesting about this is, you know, you think about this for a second. A 22-year-old kid had a pistol on him. And took out a mass shooter in Indiana. But 400 police officers in Uvalde 
descended upon the school for an hour and a half and did absolutely nothing. Yet we're being told that everything will be better if we turn over our guns to the state and let them protect us. This is how inept and insane this ideology is that they're running around spewing all over the place when we know for a fact only thing that stops bad guys with guns is a good guy with a gun. That's just been a fact of life for a very, very long period of time, and this is why it's so important that people continue to stand up and speak freely and say, no, I'm not going to comply, I'm not going to disarm, I'm not going to go along with any of this nonsense because, well, simply, it doesn't go along with the rights of the American populace. Even in the House debate yesterday, one of the representatives asked Nadler, he said, is this bill going to ban all common, commonly used firearms in circulation? And Nadler goes, yes, that's the point of the bill. Plano said it, that's the point of the bill. It's to ban all common firearms in circulation right now. That's the point of the bill. And then the guy <laughs> kind of asks it again, like tries to reiterate it. Nadler goes, yes, that's, this is the bill. All common firearms in circulation. This is what they're doing, guys. The reason why, the only reason, the only reason under any circumstances at all that somebody wants to fully disarm you is because they know you're going to shoot them for what they're going to do to you next. 100% of the time, facts. So again, you have to look at what's really going on behind the scenes with this because remember, the United States is pretty much the last big superpower that has not been fully disarmed. Pretty much the rest of the country, or not excuse me, the rest of the world, pretty much has pretty restrictive gun laws. A lot of countries can't even own firearms, any significant firearms, you know, firepower. You can give like an over and under shotgun, stuff like that. But I mean, that's, I don't consider that to be any type of significant firepower, except for maybe, you know, close quarter defending your house with two shots, and that's about it. So again, this is something that people have to understand and have to realize they're playing for blood. This isn't a game to them. This isn't a joke to them. They're trying to make sure they go in and can disarm the entire populace. I saw an article earlier. It was actually a video, and the guy had it on. He recorded it, and it was ATF showed up with law enforcement to question a man about if he still was in possession of the firearms that he had legally bought. I kid you not, ATF agent along with Delaware State Trooper came to the man's door and basically asked him that, you know, we need to know if you have this firearm. You've got two different purchases, and if you have them, we need to basically uh, see the guns so we can verify that you're still in possession of them. And, you know, this is just a straw purchase uh, verification to make sure you're not doing any straw purchases. The guy goes, you want me to unload my guns and bring them out? And ATF agent goes, yeah, I need you to come out here with your guns. Now – I've had numerous conversations with law enforcement, good and bad, over the years, and I can tell you right now, if they show up to your house and they knock on your door, the only response you have to them is, I can't say anything about this unless my attorney present. Do you have a search warrant? No. If they had a search warrant, they were kicked in your door. I have nothing else to say to you on this topic. You know, I'd be happy to talk to you about you know the last NFL game or you know, Florida State game or something erroneous, but I have no discussion. I'm not at liberty to discuss anything about this without my attorney present. Do not pull your firearms out and show it to them. Do not show them your serial number. Do not answer any questions. Do not give them any information at all. And by all means, do not talk to them about your gun purchases at all. There's a reason why we have the Bill of Rights. There's a reason why you have a right to not answer questions. You have a right not to incriminate yourself. This guy actually went in and got his guns out of the safe, unloaded them, 
brought them over to the ATF agents, let him take photos of them and write the serial numbers down, and basically registered them in front of him. And then the guy went and took the guns back, and the ATF agents left. And the guy afterwards said he basically felt violated. So I can't believe I went along with that. And it is. It's intimidating when you got agents walk up to your door. you got multiple cops asking you questions. And their goal is to intimidate you into compliance. You do not have to answer questions. 100% you have a right to not say anything. The Fifth Amendment is a very, very important one, and there's a reason why it was put in the Bill of Rights. No, no comment on this. I need my attorney present. I just want to add that up there because I personally think after what we're seeing now with these gun bills, after what we're seeing with this unbelievably aggressive administration that has just a disdain for the American populace and for freedom, you're going to start seeing agencies, especially in a lot of these blue states like this, where these agencies are going to get more and more emboldened and trying to go in and register firearms, look at firearms, harass and intimidate citizens. Remember, this is the entire reason why they put the 4473 form together with the Firearms Act in the 60s. It wasn't to run background checks and verify purchases. There was not an issue with that before then. They wanted to have a paper trail of when firearms were purchased. This is why they're constantly pushing in the Congress bills of the background checks, the extensive comprehensive background checks. That's a fancy word for saying full gun registration and making it illegal for you to sell your friend a firearm. Now, I have a buddy right now who's looking for a, a Glock, one of his first Glocks. And I've found a couple different ones for him, and the market's still really hot on him. I told him, I said, well, we're going to find a good one for good prices. Don't, don't worry about that. And I said, you got to be careful, though. I said, because, you know, a lot of these guns, you know, you buy them used, you got to make sure you know what you're buying as well. So I mean, there's always a risk when you buy a used firearm of what it may have been used in if there's a crime and you don't know. But on the other hand, too, there's also a risk of basically putting your name down on stuff repeatedly and giving – some type of government agency, the ability to track you down and come to your door and ask you if you still have these firearms that you purchased. The answer is I cannot discuss anything without my attorney present. I just want to clarify that after I saw that video last night, my friends, and make everybody understand you have a right to say yes or no. You have a right to say, no, I'm not wearing a mask. You have a right to say, no, I'm not going to answer that question. You have a right to say, no, I'm not going to go along with this right now. I do not feel comfortable in this situation whatsoever. Remember that, my friends, because what they're trying to do to us extensively all across the board, it's not just with guns, with everything. They're trying to make you believe and do a psychological operation on your mind to make you believe you do not have a right over your thoughts, your speech, your body, your ideas, your lifestyle, you don't have a right to any of it. They essentially own you by the state. That is what they do in a psychop. They break you down and make you believe that you own nothing and that you like it. That is their overall goal right now, my friends. We cannot under any circumstances go along and comply with this and pretend that it's not happening or act like they're just out there to help us out because, you know, it's for our protection. It's not for our protection under any circumstances as we've clearly seen. What do you think, Deb? Well, the question I have is this. I mean, why are they harassing somebody about a gun purchase when Chicago is killing 20, 30 people a weekend? There you why go. Are they not, why are they not up in Chicago arresting all of these hoodlums that are running around and these gangs that are killing each other and killing other people and shooting people? Why aren't they going after those people? When, and I'm going to say something here. And I, I'm going to, I, this is going to be kind of weird, but I'm going to talk about it. Anyhow, I've got a friend who years ago, uh, he had an ex-employee who basically dropped a dime on him to family services and said that he had abused one of his children. 
Now, the employer had not abused anybody. The friend, the, 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 my friend had done nothing wrong, and his employee basically had threatened to kill the family, and they had gotten a restraining order on him. And so the employee, out of retribution, turned him into the Department of Family Services for absolutely no reason whatsoever. And the family services people showed up to make a long story short. I've got a detailed explanation from my friend about this. And they showed up on the guy's, at the guy's house and wanted to see the kids, which, you know, they have a right to do. And then they basically, uh, sat down with my friend and they gave him like 200 pages of paper to go through and to have a bunch of signatures put on it to start a full blown investigation, including they wanted five years of tax returns. And you say, what? Uh, yeah, because – and my friend said, why are you doing this? I mean, why are you worried about my income? He goes, well, children of privilege are also abused. I kid you not. Immediately my friend uh, – because he wanted to start signing all these papers. Immediately my friend picked up his phone on speed dial and called his attorney, which is something that you guys need to always keep on retainer. His attorney answered the telephone and uh, told the uh, person from Family Services to get out of the house immediately that he was under the counsel of an attorney. And he could not speak to my friend without the attorney, his attorney being present, which is him, and told him to get out. And the guy literally left the house within 10 seconds. I mean, he just jumped up and ran out the door. This dragged on for two more years, and uh, basically the attorney just refused to meet with the Department of Five Child File Search Child Services until his time and scheduling was, you know, could be adjusted for it. And finally, the people from Child Services called up and said, look, just please let us – meet with the kids, talk to them for 90 seconds. We need to close this file. We know that this guy had never done anything wrong to his kids. We know this guy who basically called in was under restraining order, and you know we don't want to be involved in this anymore. Now, why did that happen? Why did it all go away? Because, number one, my friend basically invoked his rights not to say anything and to be under the counsel of an attorney. Guys, when people are doing investigations, then it's never good. They're trying to join you into something. That's the only reason they're doing it. They're trying to figure out what you're doing, how you're doing it, or why you're doing it, and they're trying to get you as part of a case in most cases. I'm just letting you know that. And that's why we have the ability to remain silent. See, in the old days, we didn't have that ability before 1776. They would just take you to the back and torture you and you know, and start taking your fingernails and toenails off and putting you on thumb screws and just doing all kinds of horrible things to you until you talked. Well, our Constitution said we don't have a class system like that in which we have feudal slaves and servants and lords and kings, and you can't just torture us if we don't want to talk. You have the right to remain silent. You do not have – cannot be forced to, to basically intimidate yourself or incriminate yourself. Uh, Roger Stone learned this the hard way. You know, they, they wanted to talk to him about you know what was going on with the Russian collusion, and he went to Congress, and he openly testified to them. And they found several instances where he had not basically, they said, represented the truth properly or whatever the terms were. They sent us into prison. Remember that? And I remember when I had dinner with him last year before he got taken back to Congress again because of January the 6th with Biden and had to testify again. I told him, I said, you know, I imagine this time what you're going to do is take the fifth. And he goes, everything will be the fifth. And I said, okay. That's what these guys do at the highest levels when they basically say, I don't, when they say, I don't remember. Or I take the fifth, just take the fifth, take the fifth, take the fifth. I've seen it repeatedly. I had a witch at one time. This is me personally. Uh, Send me a bunch of really horrible letters. I mean, it's just a, I mean like a satanic witch, not, not a make-believe witch, a real witch. And I ended up basically taking her to court to get a restraining order on her because she sent me like over 20 of these horrible letters. 
And uh, when she got in front of the judge, it was, I plead the fifth, I plead the fifth, I plead the fifth, I plead the fifth the whole time. Are you a witch? I plead the fifth. I mean, I kid you not, guys. I can't make this crazy stuff up. And and, and so it's just, you know, that you, we have the right, even the witch had the right to shut up and not say anything. And I, I find it fascinating that, you know, that, you know, that these people try their best to intimidate you or to incriminate you and get you to talk. So Austin's right. If anybody ever wants to investigate you, I'm sorry. I can't talk to you without the advice, without the counsel or my attorney being present. You know, well, here's what happens in a lot of these cases, especially with the Department of Family Services. A lot of times they get called into real abuse cases. I mean, they're out there somewhere and there's 14 feet of dishes piled up in the kitchen and everything's covered in maggots. And, you know, when half the people in the house are, are strung out on drugs and there really is true abuse going on with these children, particularly neglect on these kids. Well, that's a dangerous situation in to be in when they're basically one of these investigators. Just be blunt with you guys. It's dangerous. You go into some neighborhoods, and if you come out alive, um, you're going to be really lucky, quite frankly. And, and they know that. And so when they go to a person like my friend who's relatively wealthy and they start talking to him in a nice home, they like to stay there for a while. <laughs> they just kind of hang out for a bit and not have to deal with people that are normally having to deal with. And so they will open these ridiculous cases up on people that have done absolutely nothing. I know multiple, multiple people, I'm not kidding you guys, literally a dozen, that have been basically turned into the Department of Family Services for doing absolutely nothing because some ex-employee or some ex-wife or some ex-husband or some weirdo they got into a confrontation with basically decided to drop a dime and just lie. Because remember, you can remain anonymous with all that. And now, one more thing, too. you got to be really careful with road rage. Uh, some guy out in Oregon basically got himself shot. He apparently sprayed some windshield washer fluid on a BMW that passed him, and the BMW got so mad, he waited for him down the road and basically drove at, drove after him and shot and killed him. And now, listen to me, there's no excuse for that. I mean, it's windshield washer fluid. I mean, it's not like they're spraying brake fluid on you. It's, it's, it's going to wash off. But some people are primed because they're on drugs or they're coked up or they're messed up or whatever the deal is. And, or they, or they're doing those, those speedballs, I guess, when you take, you know, an opiate with, you know, with, with cocaine and you're geeked up and you're, you're losing, you lost your reasoning skills because you're already on the opiates. And what ends up happening is they start doing stupid stuff and they'll shoot you. So be very, 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 very careful. I've had people do that to me before. They spray my car. They get in front of me. And then they spray, or you, you flash them with your lights for them to move over, and then they, they dump a bunch of windshield washer fluid on your car. It's irritating. It is. It is. But it's not a death sentence. Okay? It's stupid. Just watch out for the road rage. It's really, really important because it's getting worse and worse and worse, especially since so many people now you know, are on opiates, and those reasoning skills go away. I know I remember one time, this is a funny story, I'll tell you this. I'd come out of back surgery, kind of an injection kind of stuff, and I was on, I was on an opiate for about two days. And uh, I just was running my mouth, and uh, you know, because you got to be real careful with that stuff. I don't, I don't like taking it because it's so, it's so addictive. And I, so I'm, I'm very, very careful with that kind of stuff. But the guy had given it to me for back pain. I've had like three back surgeries. Uh, one, a full, one of them was a full L4, L5 decompressive laminectomy when I was 33 years old. That was a real mess. But the reality is, is this, you know. When you're on the opiates, you have a tendency to run your mouth and say things, and you basically lose inhibition, which is what it does to me. And I remember we were walking, we were, Austin and I had to drive somewhere, and I was, I was, I had taken one of those pills that morning, and I told him we'll do this, do this, and he goes, so you think I should do that? And I said, well, no, absolutely not. I said, don't listen to anything I say to you. I'm on an opiate. <laughs> you remember that, Austin? Yeah. And Austin started laughing, and I said, it's just not okay. And so that's what happens when you have 65 million people hooked on OxyContin or 
Dilaudid or other types of opiates that are oral or even a heroin or whatever, and they've got some money and they're doing speedballs or taking these opiates and they're taking cocaine with it and they're driving cars. Uh, just the other day, uh, I was at the airport up in North Carolina, and some guy came in, and I guarantee he was on a speedball, and they were having a wedding up there, a wedding shoot, a voter shoot at the airport. And this guy came in, a nice little plane, a pretty nice plane actually. And uh, I was there sitting there in the FBO, and I was talking to some of the guys, and we were chilling out. And the guy comes up, almost hits my vehicle with his plane, spins around and does a donut in the parking lot at full power. I kid you not, blew all of the flowers, ruined the wedding stuff, everything. And he was geeked up on something. He was completely and totally drugged out of his mind. So I went out there and said something to him. The FBO manager went out there and said something to him. And I have to admit, I, I wasn't real nice. But the, but the reality is that when people get like that, they lose the reasoning skills. And so be careful when you're driving. It's so important with all these 65 million people hooked on opiates in the United States because of Purdue Pharma and the Sackler family. Another one of these Kabbalist groups that wanted to basically get as many people as they possibly could addicted to opiates. Remember when I told you last year? Maybe the Biltmore State. And we're walking to the house because the buses weren't available. I don't really care. It's only about a half a mile walk. No big deal. And um, I asked one of the guys that were driving the buses. I said, why in the world are you guys not having more buses to take people from the parking lots? And he goes, we can't find enough people to pass drug tests. Quote, unquote. They can't pass. They can't. They get their CDL. They can't pass the drug tests because they get hooked on this stuff. That's how. So be very, very careful when you get around those narcotics. I mean, if you're going to use it for one or two days. And then have your wife or your husband or whoever needs to do it hide the rest of the prescription. Don't, don't be having that stuff laying around the house, especially with your kids around. It's really important, guys. That stuff's extremely addictive. Now, I've got a little prayer request for you. Actually, a big prayer request, and it's, it's from Ann. And uh, she basically has a mother who's been diagnosed with uh, pancreatic cancer, and she's refused chemo, and she believes that God's going to heal her. And so I really want you guys to pray for Ann's mom. I really do. And then she, Anne goes on to say, and Anne's a good friend of the show, good friend of us. She's a great person. And she goes, I'm a little behind. She goes, but listen to every episode in order. She goes, she loved the 4th of July show and the July 7th show on the Kabbalah teaching was outstanding. She goes, I've never heard any of this before. The week before was also excellent with Mark Rutland's message and, and loved the Bible shows. And recently you read scripture. I had to just read the same day. And then she says something, and thank you for this, Anne. This means the world to me. It shows me that you guys are really part of our family. You and Austin are truly a bright light in the darkness to us all. So glad I know about your show. It's truly life-changing. So pray for Ann's mom, and Ann, thank you for that incredibly nice letter. I, I, when I get stuff like that, when I get positive stuff, it means the world to me because Austin and I both get stuff that's not real positive, and there's not a lot we can do about that. You know, I just pretty much at that point in time, I just don't bother to respond to those letters because it's not going to help. Years ago, uh, I'll go ahead and mention her name. Uh, I had a, I did a show out there Maureen, with Maureen Solomon in California. It was in Concord, California. This is, gosh, this is 30, 34 years ago. Maureen's long dead. And, and what happened is, uh, we ended up going out there doing a show. And then between the show, we did like four or five shows with her. We flew out there at our own expense. It was a TV show. And then after we got home, the, uh, pr- the producers, John and Kathy Fitzpatrick, really good people, really great people, uh, they contacted me and said the Marina decided not to air the shows. I kid you not, guys. After we had paid, for, after we had paid to go out there, and then I told them, I said, "Why?" And they said, "Well, she's going to send you a letter." I said, "Okay." So she sent me this like ten-page letter, single-spaced. I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was like multiple chapters, right? And uh, and I was going to write her a letter back and dispute every one of the points she had made. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit checked me and said, "It won't help." 
You send her a 10-page letter back, she's going to send you a 20-page letter. You send her a 20-page letter, she's going to send you a 50-page letter. And, friends, there are people like that out there. And so what I did, I sent her a letter back. I said, Maureen, sorry you didn't like the shows. I hope you enjoyed the show that we did on scriptural nutrition because it's based on God's word. And I'm completely confident that show was 100% accurate. And my other shows, by the way, were 100% accurate too because it's based on God's word. And that was it, like two sentences. Sincerely, Ted Brower, done. Sent it to her. Well, she ended up playing the shows, all of them, repeatedly, actually. And I thought to myself, wow. And the Bible says a gentle answer turns away wrath. And, guys, it's so important to realize is that when we walk in love and we try to be nice to one another, it makes all the difference in the world. I mean, you know, when pre- people are nice to you, you want to try to help them. When people aren't nice to you, you don't want to try to help them. And so always do your best as a Christian to walk in love and treat people with kindness because if you do that, it makes life a whole lot better. By the way, on another story note, and again, Ann, thanks for that letter. Uh, they're, they're talking – I've got a friend of mine who lived in, in Ukraine, and I'm going to read you his response to one of my shows that we talked about Ukraine the other day. And he goes, you could be right about the monetary reset or the global famine being orchestrated with Putin's help or it could be with the globalists take advantage of the event without Putin's help. One thing that you guys miss when you say that Russia could have ended this special operation quickly – now, remember, this man lived in Ukraine is that liberating you can't claim and they didn't care about the is liberating Ukraine and they didn't care about the people around in Syria. It seems that we fought ISIS for at least five years but didn't really want to win or do what it takes. But Russia came in and destroyed them in Syria in six months. There, Russia stopped the oil flow by carpet bombing, whole convoys, spilling oil wherever, killing whoever. Ukraine is different. Russia cares about the people, the land, and the infrastructure of Ukraine because a lot of Russians, I'm adding this, live in Ukraine. And these people who are former Ukrainian passport holders want Russia to free them. I've seen hundreds and hundreds of videos of grandmothers hugging their Russian shoulders and telling stories about what the Ukrainian military did to them and their neighbors. Hundreds of videos about proud former Ukrainians hanging new flags and starting to rebuild their towns and roads after eight years of war. They are genuinely excited in these videos. It could be Russia propaganda. She goes, but I buy it. The other things that blows my mind of our U.S. military experts is how Russia is pulling this off. One ex-military guy says that normal planning is that you need a five-to-one advantage to guarantee success, but Russia came in with a one-to-three disadvantage. They had 200,000 soldiers versus 600,000 Ukrainian soldiers and has been kicking butt and moving the goalposts almost every single day. Now, I think this is excellent. Uh, I think Alex is great. He's a great guy. He's brilliant, and I'm going to add that into my my mystery box list as far as things that I don't know that's going on over in Ukraine, but the reality is, is we've got a mess in Ukraine. They're using it to escalate. They want to push it to a world war now. And, guys, let me ask you a question as my friends and my family who listen to this show. And I've, I've not said a lot about the Ukrainian war. I have not because of this. I, I consider it a lot to be just obfuscation and lies and the dog wagging the tail and that kind of stuff. But here's the thing. What if they're really going to use this to precipitate some type of global conflict to basically create the, the Great Reset? It seems like that's what they're doing. I mean, all of Europe is escalating. The, the, the pound has basically fallen. The euro has fallen. The dollar is getting stronger because we've raised the interest rates. But the reality is, is what's really going on in Ukraine? Is this part of Klaus Schwab's weirdo group doing this in order to cause another World War One or World War Two, or hopefully not a World War Three, in order to bring in the Great Reset? I don't know at this point anymore because this thing's not going away. It is hanging in there and hanging in there and hanging in there. So we'll see because they could, again, create a conflict problem action solution Hegelian dialectic and force us to deal with the blowback from all of it which they've done multiple times with our civil war remember the bankers caused that too 
you know, with the War of eighteen twelve. I remember that one. That was the bankers called that caused that one too. Remember the First World War? Oh, the bankers did that one too. And World War Two, the bankers did that one too. I mean, it's, it's always that same group. It's the Kabbalist Luciferian group that does this, and they're also the same ones that have come in and emasculated the American male. I mean, how can you have four hundred police officers show up and some guy goes in and kills a bunch of kids in his classroom? And none of them go in and charge the guy. When you have one kid in a mall who's like 21, 22 years old, who's got a giant Glock in his pants. I mean, that sounds kind of funny, doesn't it? Probably shoved down the back of his pants. I don't know how you holster something that big and basically take somebody out of 40 yards away with eight out of 10 shots as a hit. That's pretty good shooting, guys. The guy needs to run for Congress when he turns 25 because of his name recognition now. But the reality is, is that, you know, we've got all of this stuff going on, including this gun bill that's sitting there in front of us, and the American male has become so emasculated, that means castrated, in case you don't know if you're younger and you're listening to the show, which means their testicles have been removed if you don't know what that means. And that, that's what's happened to the American population. They've been castrated through chemical castration. Because they've been given all kinds of hormones in the food supply, given fluoride, all the other things. So they no longer have the hot supply, I guess you could say, and use that word to do it. You know, here's the thing. You know, if once these guys in this mall had located this perpetrator, they could have shot him in, or in the school, excuse me. They could have shot him and they could have rescued the children. Uh, they could have done anything besides stand there and take and put, you know, hand lotion on themselves. I mean, this is ludicrous what you see happening with 400 people showing up. Evidence is now starting to show. That the COVID shots are really, really causing additional sperm decline in the American male and probably reducing testosterone because of what they do and how they attack the ovaries and the testes. Some studies show that the American men's testosterone levels have been declining for decades. And the most prominent of 2007 studies showed in the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology revealed a substantial drop in U.S. men's testosterone levels since the 1980s with the average levels declining by about 1% a year or a 40% drop in testosterone over the last 40 years. That's a lot, guys. I mean, I was, it was so funny. One time I was talking to Man Cow, and, and we were up in the studio up there, and we, and we were talking to him, and he had all these really young, pretty girls, basically 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, working as interns for him. And they had these, all these other guys that were in there working with him too, this big show that he was doing in Chicago. And the guys would never ask the girls out. And he goes, it's the weirdest thing, Ted. He said it's like they don't care about asking the girls out. It's like they don't have any drive as far as – to find a nice, really pretty girl to date or to marry and to have kids with. He said they don't really care anymore. And that's definitely an indication of lower testosterone levels. And we see it all the time in the United States. In birth control pills, you found that, you know, about adding tens of millions of hormones into our wastewater every single day. And then we started to realize that the BPA and the bisphenol A and all the other things they put into the water supply and all of the atrazine they're using uh, basically is changing it. You know, it's so funny. Uh, they call some people call it a gay bomb. It's a name for a non-lethal psychochemical weapon that is the United States Air Force Research Laboratory speculated about producing. The idea was by discharging sex pheromones over enemy forces in order to make them sexually attract to each other. In 1994, the Wright Laboratory in Ohio, a predecessor to today's Air Force Research Laboratory, produced a three-page proposal on a variety of possible non-lethal chemical weapons, which according to official sources were, quote, never developed. But what if they lied about it? What they really did this level? You know, we already know the CIA conducted experiments on, with, the, with LSD and other drugs all over the United States back in the 50s and the 60s. You know, are these globalist, cabalist, luciferians who are working so hard to push the new world order? Is it, they don't really like men. They want everybody to be hermaphroditic. They want everybody. You, you know, you notice you watch the TV shows. 
you know, on, on mainstream TV right now, which I don't really have anymore, but every once in a while we're at a hotel room, we're watching them. You don't see any John Wayne movies. They don't exist anymore. They don't, they don't bring them on to show you a John Wayne movie. They don't, they just don't do it. And you think, well, why, why won't they do that? Why won't they bring John Wayne movies on? Because John Wayne was an alpha male. Look at the first Iron Man. Now, mind you, he, he was kind of a, how should I say, a, in a nice way, with Tony Stark. I mean, he, he was a guy who really liked women. You know, this was the first Iron Man. And you, and you, and you combine that now with, with, you know, with what's going on with, you know, <laughs> this last Thor movie that came out. When he's about as, he's about, he's about gone queer on everybody, to be honest with you guys. He's acting so feminine, Thor is, and everything's a joke, and it, all of a sudden it's not what it was. You know, he's now subservient to his girlfriend, which, you know, it's kind of crazy when first supposed, first supposed to be the god of thunder, right? And, and the thing about it is, is that you think, well, why are they doing this? Because it's the role models, guys. It's like I talked about yesterday in depth. The new Sodom and Gomorrah that we're living in here in the United States and in Europe, Eastern Europe particularly, is basically the new normal for these kids. And they don't want to see the truth of what's happening, and they don't want the truth to basically change these children. So they're going to continue to allow these kids to believe these lies about being a hermaphrodite or being both sexes and all the other stuff. I mean, in 30 years from now, when Austin's my age, we're going to find out very, very quickly that, you know, all of the things that we've talked to you about, if the United States still exists, have come to pass. And when these young kids are walking around, basically we're seeing them on the street corners, and we don't know if they're a boy or a girl, these Kabbalist Luciferians that have messed up the DNA and messed up the testosterone and messed up all the chemicals and the food and the water supply, same group, they're going to have had their way with us, and we've got to stop all that. That's why it's really important to eat clean. By the way, Naomi Wolf says that we must find the courage to face up the big farmer's war on us. I'm not going to read you all of this because it's too long. And I've quoted Naomi Wolf. She used to be a hardcore liberal. I don't know what she is now. But she sure is coming in and saying a lot of stuff they don't want her to say. Here's one for quotes. Since I first started reading the reports produced by the 3,000 medical and scientific experts by the War Room Daily Clout Pfizer Documents Research Volunteers Team based on a 55,000 Pfizer document dump under court order, I knew I was just not just seeing medicine go wrong, but greedy pharmaceutical corporations, these are Kambala-exclusive-fearing companies, and a regulatory agency that was fully corrupted, but rather, or additionally, I was seeing a massive act of war against the people of this planet. When I saw the 18 months worth of sudden deaths, slow deaths, strokes, heart attacks, pericarditis, myocarditis, Guillain-Barre, Bell's palsy, MS, blood clots, leg clots, lung clots, blue-green breast milk, spontaneous abortions, stillbirths, neonatal seizures, neonatal multi-organ system failure, liver damage, kidney damage, suppressed lactation, suppressed sperm count, disrupted menses, all detailed in the Pfizer documents when I saw the fact that 34,000-plus of the 42,000 adverse events basically were a rollout of the Pfizer rejections, and most of these were in the United States, with the next largest group being in the Western Europe, and that the 56 countries around the world that also had Pfizer injections roll out accounted for only a bit over 7,000 adverse events. I knew I was seeing not just medicine gone wrong on a massive scale, but rather I was seeing an act of war. Now, she doesn't say this, but I'm going to say it very clearly. This is a war against Christians. Whether you're black or white or Hispanic, they don't care. They want to kill the white people who are the Christians. They want to kill the black people who are the Christians. And they want to kill the Hispanics who are the Christians. And anybody who they can kill, they want to kill because they want those demographics to go away. They don't want us to be part of the solution. They want us to be antiques and dinosaurs. And they want us to go somewhere else and basically go die quietly in a hallway 
basically condemned to the last few days of senile dementia before we die. That's all they care about. That's all they try to do. That's why they've given. That's why you got all of these drugs given to these people over the age of sixty that cause senile dementia and brain reduction and the inability to think clearly. It's ridiculous. I mean, it really is. You got to eat clean so you can stay healthy. Take your multiple. Take your Bs. Take your Cs. Take your Ds. Take take your E. Take everything you possibly can because the food supply is so tainted now. It's so devoid of nutrients. You've got to take supplements. And you've got to eat as clean as you can. You got to stay away from sugar and processed foods. And you got to stay away from all these chemicals that change your gender. You don't need to be using atrazine and Roundup in your yard and having kids run around with bare feet after you've sprayed. Don't do any of that stuff, guys. The weeds won here, period. Done. We're finished with weeds. I don't care. They're a plant as far as I'm concerned now. They're no longer weeds. I don't care. Don't care about trying to maintain it. Don't care. In fact, we got some flower beds around the house now. We're pulling them out. Just pulling out a whole bunch of them. It's too much work, too much maintenance. I'm not going to do it. Basically, I'm going to mow them now and put grass down. <laughs> That's how I look at it. But, guys, it's so important that we all take that same stand, that we don't allow ourselves to be basically seduced by the siren's call of being part of this new world order. Continue to fight it. Look what they're doing in China right now. A bunch of banks have defaulted. They've made the, the people that have deposited the money now basically stockholders, and they can't take their money out, and now they've rolled banks up. I mean, sorry, tank, tanks, T-A-N-K-S, tanks up in the streets to, be, to prevent the people from charging on the banks. Are we going to have tanks in the street in the United States? I hope not. Austin, what do you think, buddy, and what's your next story? Well, that's really interesting. I mean, and this is a perfect example in China of why it's really, really important everybody maintains their rights to hold and possess firearms because this is one of the things that, again, you run into in a country when you do not have the ability to defend yourself. They just roll tanks up and start running in the street for no reason at all. And, uh, you know, you, you said something earlier as far as with what they're doing with the drugs, with these kids and these gender-changing drugs. You have to understand this is an all-out onslaught on every angle. That's why, you know, you mentioned earlier you were talking about as far as the opioids epidemic and with the Sackler family in Purdue and what they did with OxyContin, the entire reasoning why – they allowed OxyContin and all that stuff to hit the market like it did, like an atomic bomb, is they wanted an easy way to keep people distracted. And that's what it does. If you keep people on opiates enough, it, they don't stay focused on the main things they need to. And that's why it is so important if you do have an issue with that or you have had an issue with that, you make sure that you know you if you have some in the house, you tell your spouse, hey, lock them up, put them somewhere. We, if, we in an emergency, we need them, but other than that, they don't need to be floating around. You don't need that temptation. Very, very important. That's absolutely right about that. And also, too, he said something about the the issue we're seeing now with a lot of road rage. And I had this conversation with Steve just earlier today. He was dealing with some stuff on I-4 earlier, and I dealt with some stuff a couple weekends ago. People on top of all the drugs that are floating around right now, illicit and pharmaceutical, on top of all that, you're also seeing people get very desperate and very frustrated. A lot of people aren't able to pay their bills right now. A lot of people leverage themselves out really, really bad over the last two years. A lot of people are having their vehicles repossessed now because instead of turning around and stacking some cash when they were basically able to defer their mortgage and they were getting these checks and they were getting stimulus packages and they are getting free money from the government and they are basically getting this huge unemployment packages because they didn't want to go to work. Now all of a sudden, instead of you know raking by and barely covering their bills, now all of a sudden they got an extra five, six, seven, eight, ten thousand dollars $10,000 a month in disposable income. Instead of stacking some cash and buying some gold or buying some platinum, a lot of them went out and got higher car payments 
The car market is showing us this now. And so you have these people that started going out and just paying asinine levels of money for cars that weren't worth it. I mean, $35,000 for a base model completely stripped out Honda Civic that's, you know, a twenty-two, $21,000 car. Now, all of a sudden, their payment, oh, that's, that's not fun anymore. I actually have to start paying my mortgage, my rent again. Oh, I actually have to start going back to work. Oh, I don't just get free checks from the government every single month anymore. This was all done by design, my friends. They all did this intentionally to mess the market up even further and get people more desperate. And that's where you run into them on the road sometimes, like this BMW driver. This guy was already primed. This, the, the windshield washer fluid wasn't what actually made him go shoot this guy. He was already triggered. There's something else going on in this dude's head, whether it be drugs, whether it be a situation that he can't deal with. Maybe he can't make his BMW payment. Maybe he's getting foreclosed on his house. I don't know. But I've always told people this. When you start dealing with road rage, do your best to avoid the situation. But also have a firearm on your person. <laughs> I'm telling that real clearly. Do not brandish it. Do not wave it around. Do not threaten anybody with it. Don't hang it out the window. Don't get out of your car. Try to peacefully and safely get out of the situation the best you can. If somebody does start waving a weapon around or start firing a weapon at you or tries to get out of the vehicle at a red light and force entry into your vehicle, you better darn well be ready to defend yourself if you have to do so. Just my two cents on that. And also, too, in other news, speaking of trying to change the entire narrative on what's going on the webster dictionary now has gone in and actually added a second line b to the term female now so normally the first line a that the webster dictionary had said a female a one is relating to or being the sex that has the capacity to bear youth or produce eggs now they've gone in and said relating to or being the sex that typically has the capacity to bear young or produce eggs and then section b right below it it says having a gender identity that is opposite of a male that has now been added to the merriam-webster dictionary now last week having a gender identity that is the opposite of a male i kid you not we now have the dictionary succumbing to the, the absolute lunatic rants of this leftist ideology now to where they tell you, though, it's, it's totally cool for a, a grown man that's six foot four to go in the women's swimming league and beat all of them mercilessly and uh, come out. And now we're going to you know, nominate him woman of the year by the NCAA. I mean, guys, you can't make up this clown show. While meantime, you have countries like Russia who are actively encouraging masculinity and actively building their military. We're now telling everybody in the military, hey, if you want to go have your genitalia chopped off and start going on estrogen because you think you're now a female service member, uh, we'll pay for it on top of that. It's all being done to come in and compromise the entire morals and ethics and the natural laws and the biblical laws of man that we have followed in most cases for a very long time that have worked out pretty well. <laughs> and now – you start seeing this. When I saw that earlier today, though, about the dictionary, I was like, well, that's just add it to the list of more nonsense that we see spewing left and left and left. Also, too, in other news, I thought this was actually funny, but not funny at all when the reality is about it. Over in California, if you guys remember down in L.A. County last year, they had this big study that came out. And they told everybody that basically this study proved that children that wore masks in schools had a much, much lower chance of catching COVID. You guys remember this. And this was basically the L.A. County Public Health Director, Barbara Ferrer, F-E-R-R-E-R, -R -E who basically is an abomination of anything. And she went in and actually hired her daughter. We find this out now. We, she hired her daughter 
who is essentially part of the project manager at the L.A. County Office of Education, to go in and actually put a study together. Now, this her daughter, Kaylin, is not a medical doctor. She has no scientific background whatsoever or any scientific degrees, much less a Ph.D. Her professional background is in urban planning and community organizing. She was hired to do this study, even though she has no prior experience in conducting any public health research. She got to work right away on the study, and it did a joint effort with the department and concluded in August 2021 that students who wore masks had a much lower case of testing positive for COVID, hence why we need to mandate and maintain mask mandates in schools and basically in perpetuity. I mean, they did it for like an entire year longer now. I mean, they just got rid of a lot of that stuff over there not too, not too long ago. And I thought to myself, and I started laughing, again, here's the fake news. The LA Times, The Guardian, CNN, they all reported on the study. Oh, the, new, the, the study shows it. The science shows it. Guys, just because they tell you it's science doesn't mean it's real. It doesn't mean it's truth. It doesn't mean it's even based in reality. It simply means that somebody is telling you something, and that's why you should always question things. Oh, if something doesn't make sense, you have a right to question it and say, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I buy that. I disagree with that. I have people disagree with me all the time. I have friends sometimes disagree with me. Say, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about that. I said, okay, that's fine. You know, what, what do you think? And we'll bounce topics back and forth. Done on a regular basis. Like it's funny now. I saw earlier that uh, the bumbling buffoon they're saying now is tested positive for COVID. Yeah, Biden. They said Biden's now tested positive for COVID. Now he's got to quarantine. I do not buy that for one stinking second. I think his tuning's off. They probably ran out of drugs. He's having some type of meltdown, and they have to go basically put him in the laboratory <laughs> and brew up another batch of whatever they put him on and get him back out so he can talk on a teleprompter and mumble. America can be summed up in one word. I'm like, really? Guys, this is the best you could come up with is a puppet? I mean, golly, you know you're putting a puppet in the White House with these clowns, but it could at least put one in there that could actually talk and read a teleprompter. And not read the actual teleprompter where it says, repeat again. Turn to your right and shake hands. And you're like, golly, guys. But I saw this earlier and I started laughing. I said, he didn't catch COVID. If, if he did catch COVID, my goodness, we've had the absolutely most ineffective vaccine ever produced in history, which, in my opinion, I've told you guys we have. And, you know, I thought about something earlier and I asked Dad about this the other day because I thought about this. I said, every time I talk to every company, everybody's constantly trying to get employees. You know, some of them, they can't pass drug tests. Some of them, just don't want to work. Some of them, I guess, rather sit at home and get checks. But there's not any checks going out anymore. And I thought to myself, and I was like, "Where is? Where's all the workforce going?" And then you start thinking about it, and you go, well, "Are they dying? Are they skewing the numbers on the deaths?" We already know what they did with COVID. How they massively manipulated the numbers, especially when it came to you know basically the concept of the PCR test. They massively skewed that. That whole thing was a total debacle used to make people believe they actually had COVID. Oh, the asymptomatic spreaders, all you guys tested positive, even though you have no, no symptoms whatsoever. You're positive. Really, guys? You remember the last time you tested positive for the flu, but you had no flu symptoms? Yeah, I don't either. That's the point. The whole thing was a giant scam. But I thought to myself, and Dad said the same thing. It was, well, people are dying. Well, people are simply checking out. They're just underreporting it. They're not. They're not basically talking about it. They're constantly going in now and making it go sweep under the rug. Oh, we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about that. We're just going to make that disappear. I don't know, but I find it very odd. 
And as you see these things going on and on and on, you wonder what they're planning on doing as far as with the vehicle market. Because I've been very perturbed about this because they're producing way less vehicles. They're constantly going in this EV system that is physically impossible to maintain if they actually replace the hundreds of millions of cars that are out there on the road right now. And I see an article from Ford. Now Ford is saying they're going to lay off 8,000 employees in order to shake the budget so they can put more money in the EV production. Wait, what? You're going to lay off 8,000 people? 8,000 jobs? You're going to close them? And you're going to transfer that money in the budget to produce more EV vehicles? The answer is, and do what? Make more F-150s that can go 80 miles per charge? They got to charge for an hour? <laughs> Woohoo! All right, Ford, you guys are really stepping it up. My goodness, have they fallen far from the original Henry Ford. It's embarrassing. And I was reading about this. They said they're cutting $3 billion in cost from its gas-powered business operations and moving it over to the EV sector. The cuts, according to the source, would come in phases beginning this summer. And they would push it and phase out part of the internal combustion engine market and focus it in the EV sector. Now, it's interesting about this. This is a quote from the current Ford CEO, Jim Farley, this bumbling idiot. I think mean, I said a Henry Ford roller in his grave if he saw what they did to this company. He made a – they quoted him in this article, and he made a comment. He said, as we've said lots of things to deliver our Ford Plus transformation and lead an exciting and disruptive new era of electric and connected vehicles, we're reshaping our work. Disruptive new era of electric and connected vehicles. Now – is he trying to say that like we're going to bring new stuff to the market that's going to revolutionize it? Or was he Freudian slipping and saying this is going to be disruptive? We're simply going to disrupt this new era with electric vehicles and nobody realizes how absolutely abysmal failure this is going to turn into. So we're just letting everybody know. I don't know. But I found it very weird his terminology and his verbiage with that. In my opinion, yeah, that's, he's, he's spot on. It's going to be incredibly disruptive. When you can't go more than 80 miles while you're pulling a trailer and you got to stop for 45 minutes to charge every 80 miles, that's, guys, that's, that's beyond disruptive. That's a joke. It's literally a joke. It's not even funny. Hey, Ford's saying it. It's where they're going with this. And while we watch this happen, you got to ask yourself the question. What is the overall goal? The overall goal is to come in and prevent people from being able to travel freely. It's going in and bringing back exactly what Dad just described with the peasants and the serfs and the knights and the nobility and the kings. They don't want people to be able to travel freely on their way. They want people to basically be huddled at home, focused on what they're told to focus on, watching TV, eating their Doritos with MSG and their diet soda with aspartame, drooling on themselves while they watch CNN and go, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I need to do. I need to go buy another EV car that's worthless in eight years because the batteries are shot. Yes, okay, let me go out and do that. Let me go finance it. That's what they're trying to do. That's why they're trying to convince everybody. We already talked about the article at the beginning of the week with the family that bought the Ford uh, Escort or whatever it was. It was like a 2014. Paid 11000 bucks for it. The girl drove for six months, took it to the dealership. Lights started flashing. They said, oh, by the way, uh, it's $14,000 for the battery for this to replace it. And the battery's been discontinued. We can't even get it. It's like on national back order in perpetuity forever. Oh, so my vehicle is inherently worthless. Well, it's not worthless because if you want to get rid of your car, you're going to actually have to pay a waste disposal fee on the battery. So you're going to have to pay us like $1,000 to take your vehicle so we can dispose of the battery. Wait, what? 
So not only is my vehicle worthless to do something with it, I have to pay you to dispose of it. Yeah, that's what nobody wants to talk about in this EV sector after eight to ten years when these batteries go kaput. And then the million-dollar question is, where are you going to start disposing of all these unbelievably deadly, dangerous lithium-ion batteries that apparently, if these things catch on fire, they burn down entire ships? According to what we were told out in the ocean, big giant ship with you know half a billion dollars in vehicles on it, Lamborghinis and Audis and Bentleys, apparently one of them catches on fire and whole crew can't even put the fire out, burns all the way through the ship and basically almost sinks the ship, and they're trying to tow it back. The whole ship sinks. That's what we were told. I do know for a fact, I've talked to firefighters, and they have stated now that it takes enormous amount, like 10 times more water to try to put out an EV fire on a car than it does a normal vehicle. 10 to 12 times more water, which they're having to set up whole entire new sectors of this because these vehicles are so volatile, they're constantly catching on fire all the time. So we constantly hear about EV fires. So as they get in a wreck, it should just blow up. It's like riding around on a frag grenade on your butt. That sounds safe. Well, see, hope I don't get an accident today with all these road rage drivers. My EV vehicle be bad. I mean, come on. This is where they're going with this. And so, again, it's very, very important that people keep trying to speak the truth as much as we can. And people go, well, you know, it's they're, they're going to go along with it as much as as long as they have to, as much as they can. I said, yeah, but we don't have to be quiet about it. We don't have to go silently into the night about it. We sure as heck don't have to agree with it. That's the thing that I've been so <laughs> irritated about with some people. You talk about, they go, well, it's it's going to happen anyways. You might as well just get the mark of the beast to go along with it. Wait, excuse me, what? You kidding me right now? Amazon's already starting their Amazon One play on words, O-N-E, but in my opinion, it's basically implying Amazon One, like they won. You scan your hand. Put your hand scanner when you get out of Whole Foods. You pay it. Charge it right to your card. You don't have to pull your wallet out. You just scan your right hand. Huh. That's not sinister or anything. Yeah, that's what they're setting up. How about you just don't support them? How about you don't buy from them? I had somebody the other day, they asked me, they said, you guys hate Amazon. I said, I don't hate Amazon. I loathe Amazon. And they said, well, you still have your products on Amazon. I said, I absolutely do. And I said, all my products are like 20 to 30% higher on Amazon than they are on the website. On my website, I said, I don't want to sell anything on Amazon at all. I don't want to support Amazon one bit. I said, the only reason I have products on Amazon is to try to stay competitive in the market and get the truth out there because every time in rarity we actually sell something on Amazon, we put papers in it. We put price lists in it. We put letters in it on how to listen to the show because most people that are on Amazon, they don't shop around. You get these Amazon junkies. All they do is buy everything on Amazon. They don't realize they're paying for their own demise. So as far as I'm concerned, if I can get on that market and expose the truth to those people and try to help them or get them as a customer and listener, maybe I can do something positive. I don't know. It's worth a shot. But somebody asked me the other day, I can't believe you sell on Amazon. I said, I hate Amazon selling on there. Their fees are insanity. You virtually can't make any money. They're a nightmare to work with. They'll backcharge you immediately. They have no care at all for the seller. I said, I don't sell in there because I want to. I put on there because I want to try to get more people and get more people awake and try to let them listen to the show and get them forwarding shows. That's how you grow exponentially and get the truth out there as much as you can. So thank you again, my friends, all the supporters, all the listeners, all of our customers. I love when people stop by the office. I told you on a regular basis, I'm having more and more walk-ins. People from all over the country, they come in. I'll talk to them if I'm here. Ted's here. I'll talk to them. And it's great to talk to like-minded people and say, hey, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? This is what's going on. They tell you different stories that are happening. And it's encouraging because like Dan said, I get 
I get all kinds of weird stuff sometimes. People send me letters to me, people emails. I learned a long time ago, within about the first paragraph of it, if I already know where it's going, I'm like, all right, delete. I don't respond to them. I learned that a long time ago. I used to do it all the time. I used to get in these big arguments. Like Dad said earlier, I respond back. Two, three-paragraph argument, rebuttal. Then they come back with like a ten-paragraph rebuttal. All you end up doing is arguing with people online all the time, completely unproductive. And those people, not one single time I have found, ever supports you, buy a product from you, forward your show, or forward an article, or do anything to help you try to get the information out there at all. All they constantly do is complain and moan. They want to find somebody to moan to. So I learned a long time ago, I don't even respond. I don't even read. I don't do anything. As soon as I read the beginning of it, I can already tell where it's going. Delete. Gone. Just being honest with you guys. (laughs) Because... You've got to focus on the people that want to have ears to hear and they want to get the truth out there and they want to help to support the cause and spread the truth, my friends. So thank you, our real listeners, our real you know, Health Masters customers. Thank you. I mean that sincerely for supporting Health Masters, getting the truth out there, even if it's just buying your toothpaste from us. Everybody has used toothpaste, like Dad says. So be sure to check out the website if you guys need anything. The hyaluronic acid, incredibly good for joint mobility, especially people that have been in sports and weightlifting like myself that have, you know, pushed the joints very hard. Great product for that. Be sure to check it out on the website. 15% off as product of the week. First time this product's ever been on product of the week. So check it out on the website, healthmasters.com. Y'all have a blessed, safe, awesome night, my friends. Enjoy yourself. Stay sharp as always. And I'll talk to you again tomorrow as always.